book seventh of the prelude by william wordsworth edited by william knight this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by martin geeson book seventh residence in london six changeful years have vanished since i first poured out saluted by that quickening breeze which met me issuing from the city's walls a glad preamble to this verse i sang aloud with fervour irresistible of short-lived transport like a torrent bursting from a black thunder-cloud down scorfell's side to rush and disappear but soon broke forth so willed the muse a less impetuous stream that flowed awhile with unabating strength then stopped for years not audible again before last primrose time beloved friend the assurance which then cheered some heavy thoughts on thy departure to a foreign land has failed too slowly moves the promised work through the whole summer have i been at rest partly from voluntary holiday and part through outward hindrance but i heard after the hour of sunset yestereven sitting within doors between light and dark a choir of red-breasts gathered somewhere near my threshold minstrels from the distant woods sent in on winter's service to announce with preparation artful and benign that the rough lord had left the surly north on his accustomed journey the delight due to this timely notice unaware smote me and listening i in whispers said ye heartsome choristers ye and i will be associates and unscared by blustering winds will chant together thereafter as the shades of twilight deepened going forth i spied a glow-worm underneath a dusky plume or canopy of yet unwithered fern clear shining like a hermit's taper seen through a thick forest silence touched me here no less than sound had done before the child of summer lingering shining by herself the voiceless worm on the unfrequented hills seemed sent on the same errand with the choir of winter that had warbled at my door and the whole year breathed tenderness and love the last night's genial feeling overflowed upon this morning and my favourite grove tossing in sunshine its dark boughs aloft as if to make the strong wind visible wakes in me agitations like its own a spirit friendly to the poet's task which we will now resume with lively hope nor checked by aught of tamer argument that lies before us needful to be told returned from that excursion soon i bade farewell for ever to the sheltered seats of gowned students quitted hall and bower and every comfort of that privileged ground well pleased to pitch a vagrant tent among the unfenced regions of society yet undetermined to what course of life i should adhere and seeming to possess a little space of intermediate time at full command to london first i turned in no disturbance of excessive hope by personal ambition unenslaved frugal as there was need and though self-willed from dangerous passions free three years had flown since i had felt in heart and soul the shock of the huge town's first presence and had paced her endless streets a transient visitant now 
fixed amid that concourse of mankind where pleasure whirls about incessantly and life and labour seem but one i filled an idler's place an idler well content to have a house what matter for a home that owned him living cheerfully abroad with unchecked fancy ever on the stir and all my young affections out of doors there was a time when whatsoe'er is feigned of airy palaces and gardens built by genii of romance or hath in grave authentic history been set forth of rome alcairo babylon or persepolis or given upon report by pilgrim friars of golden cities ten months journey deep among tartarian wilds fell short far short of what my fond simplicity believed and thought of london held me by a chain less strong of wonder and obscure delight whether the bolt of childhood's fancy shot for me beyond its ordinary mark twere vain to ask but in our flock of boys was one a cripple from his birth whom chance summoned from school to london fortunate and envied traveller when the boy returned after short absence curiously i scanned his mien and person nor was free in sooth from disappointment not to find some change in look and air from that new region brought as if from fairyland much i questioned him and every word he uttered on my ears fell flatter than a caged parrot's note that answers unexpectedly awry and mocks the prompter's listening marvellous things had vanity quick spirit that appears almost as deeply seated and as strong in a child's heart as fear itself conceived for my enjoyment would that i could now recall what then i pictured to myself of mitred prelates lords in ermine clad the king and the king's palace and not last nor least heaven bless him the renowned lord mayor dreams not unlike to those which once begat a change of purpose in young whittington when he a friendless and a drooping boy sate on a stone and heard the bells speak out articulate music above all one thought baffled my understanding how men lived even next-door neighbours as we say yet still strangers not knowing each the other's name oh wondrous power of words by simple faith licensed to take the meaning that we love vauxhall and ranelagh i then had heard of your green groves and wilderness of lamps dimming the stars and fireworks magical and gorgeous ladies under splendid domes floating in dance or warbling high in air the songs of spirits nor had fancy fed with less delight upon that other class of marvels broad day wonders permanent the river proudly bridged the dizzy top and whispering gallery of st paul's the tombs of westminster the giants of guildhall bedlam and those carved maniacs at the gates perpetually recumbent statues man and the horse under him in gilded pomp adorning flowery gardens mid vast squares the monument and that chamber of the tower where england's sovereigns sit in long array their steeds bestriding every mimic shape cased in the gleaming mail the monarch wore whether for gorgeous tournament addressed or life or death upon the battlefield 
those bold imaginations in due time had vanished leaving others in their stead and now i looked upon the living scene familiarly perused it oftentimes in spite of strongest disappointment pleased through courteous self-submission as a tax paid to the object by prescriptive right rise up thou monstrous antil on the plain of a too busy world before me flow thou endless stream of men and moving things thy every-day appearance as it strikes with wonder heightened or sublimed by awe on strangers of all ages the quick dance of colours lights and forms the deafening din the comers and the goers face to face face after face the string of dazzling wares shop after shop with symbols blazoned names and all the tradesmen's honours overhead here fronts of houses like a title-page with letters huge inscribed from top to toe stationed above the door like guardian saints there allegoric shapes female or male or physiognomies of real men land warriors kings or admirals of the sea boyle shakespeare newton or the attractive head of some quack doctor famous in his day meanwhile the roar continues till at length escaped as from an enemy we turn abruptly into some sequestered nook still as a sheltered place when winds blow loud at leisure thence through tracts of thin resort and sights and sounds that come at intervals we take our way a rarey show is here with children gathered round another street presents a company of dancing dogs or dromedary with an antic pair of monkeys on his back a minstrel band of savoyards or single and alone an english ballad singer private courts gloomy as coffins and unsightly lanes thrilled by some female vendor's scream belike the very shrillest of all london cries may then entangle our impatient steps conducted through those labyrinths unawares to privileged regions and inviolate where from their airy lodges studious lawyers look out on waters walks and gardens green thence back into the throng until we reach following the tide that slackens by degrees some half-frequented scene where wider streets bring straggling breezes of suburban air here files of ballads dangle from dead walls advertisements of giant size from high press forward in all colours on the sight these bold in conscious merit lower down that fronted with a most imposing word is peradventure one in masquerade as on the broadening causeway we advance behold turned upwards a face hard and strong in lineaments and red with over toil tis one encountered here and everywhere a travelling cripple by the trunk cut short and stumping on his arms in sailor's garb another lies at length beside a range of well-formed characters with chalk inscribed upon the smooth flat stones the nurse is here the bachelor that loves to sun himself the military idler and the dame that fieldward takes her walk with decent steps now homeward through the thickening hubbub where see among less distinguishable shapes the begging scavenger with hat in hand the italian as he thrids his way with care 
steadying far-seen a frame of images upon his head with basket at his breast the jew the stately and slow-moving turk with freight of slippers piled beneath his arm enough the mighty concourse i surveyed with no unthinking mind well pleased to note among the crowd all specimens of man through all the colours which the sun bestows and every character of form and face the swede the russian from the genial south the frenchman and the spaniard from remote america the hunter indian moors malays lascars the tartar the chinese and negro ladies in white muslin gowns at leisure then i viewed from day to day the spectacles within doors birds and beasts of every nature and strange plants convened from every clime and next those sights that ape the absolute presence of reality expressing as in mirror sea and land and what earth is and what she has to show i do not here allude to subtlest craft by means refined attaining purest ends but imitations fondly made in plain confession of man's weakness and his loves whether the painter whose ambitious skill submits to nothing less than taking in a whole horizon circuit do with power like that of angels or commissioned spirits fix us upon some lofty pinnacle or in a ship on waters with a world of life and life-like mockery beneath above behind far stretching and before or more mechanic artist represent by scale exact in model wood or clay from blended colours also borrowing help some miniature of famous spots or things st peter's church or more aspiring aim in microscopic vision rome herself or haply some choice rural haunt the falls of tiboli and high upon that steep the sibyl's mouldering temple every tree villa or cottage lurking among rocks throughout the landscape tuft stone scratch minute all that the traveller sees when he is there add to these exhibitions mute and still others of wider scope where living men music and shifting pantomimic scenes diversified the allurement need i fear to mention by its name as in degree lowest of these and humblest in attempt yet richly graced with honours of her own half rural saddler's wells though at that time intolerant as is the way of youth unless itself be pleased here more than once taking my seat i saw nor blush to add with ample recompense giants and dwarfs clowns conjurers posture-masters harlequins amid the uproar of the rabblement perform their feats nor was it mean delight to watch crude nature work in untaught minds to note the laws and progress of belief though obstinate on this way yet on that how willingly we travel and how far to have for instance brought upon the scene the champion jack the giant killer lo he duns his coat of darkness on the stage walks and achieves his wonders from the eye of living mortal covert as the moon hid in her vacant interlunar cave delusion bold and how can it be wrought the garb he wears is black as death the word invisible flames forth upon his chest here too were forms and pressures of the time rough 
bold as grecian comedy displayed when art was young dramas of living men and recent things yet warm with life a sea-fight shipwreck or some domestic incident divulged by truth and magnified by fame such as the daring brotherhood of late set forth too serious theme for that light place i mean o oh distant friend a story drawn from our own ground the maid of buttermere and how unfaithful to a virtuous wife deserted and deceived the spoiler came and wooed the artless daughter of the hills and wedded her in cruel mockery of love and marriage bonds these words to thee must needs bring back the moment when we first ere the broad world rang with the maiden's name beheld her serving at the cottage inn both stricken as she entered or withdrew with admiration of her modest mien and carriage marked by unexampled grace we since that time not unfamiliarly have seen her her discretion have observed her just opinions delicate reserve her patience and humility of mind unspoiled by commendation and the excess of public notice an offensive light to a meek spirit suffering inwardly from this memorial tribute to my theme i was returning when with sundry forms commingled shapes which met me in the way that we must tread thy image rose again maiden of buttermere she lives in peace upon the spot where she was born and reared without contamination doth she live in quietness without anxiety beside the mountain chapel sleeps in earth her new-born infant fearless as a lamb that thither driven from some unsheltered place rests underneath the little rock-like pile when storms are raging happy are they both mother and child these feelings in themselves trite do yet scarcely seem so when i think on those ingenuous moments of our youth ere we have learnt by use to slight the crimes and sorrows of the world those simple days are now my theme and foremost of the scenes which yet survive in memory appears one at whose centre sate a lovely boy a sportive infant who for six months space not more had been of age to deal about articulate prattle child as beautiful as ever clung around a mother's neck or father fondly gazed upon with pride there too conspicuous for stature tall and large dark eyes beside her infant stood the mother but upon her cheeks diffused false tints too well accorded with the glare from playhouse lustres thrown without reserve on every object near the boy had been the pride and pleasure of all lookers-on in whatsoever place but seemed in this a sort of alien scattered from the clouds of lusty vigour more than infantine he was in limb in cheek a summer rose just three parts blown a cottage child if e'er by cottage door on breezy mountain-side or in some sheltering vale was seen a babe by nature's gifts so favoured upon a board decked with refreshments had this child been placed his little stage in the vast theatre and there he sate surrounded with a throng of chance spectators chiefly dissolute men and shameless women treated and caressed ate drank and with the fruit and glasses played 
while oaths and laughter and indecent speech were rife about him as the songs of birds contending after showers the mother now is fading out of memory but i see the lovely boy as i beheld him then among the wretched and the falsely gay like one of those who walked with hair unsinged amid the fiery furnace charms and spells muttered on black and spiteful instigation have stopped as some believe the kindliest growths ah with how different spirit might a prayer have been preferred that this fair creature checked by special privilege of nature's love should in his childhood be detained for ever but with its universal freight the tide hath rolled along and this bright innocent mary may now have lived till he could look with envy on thy nameless babe that sleeps beside the mountain chapel undisturbed four rapid years had scarcely then been told since travelling southward from our pastoral hills i heard and for the first time in my life the voice of woman utter blasphemy saw woman as she is to open shame abandoned and the pride of public vice i shuddered for a barrier seemed at once thrown in that from humanity divorced humanity splitting the race of man in twain yet leaving the same outward form distress of mind ensued upon the sight and ardent meditation later years brought to such spectacle a milder sadness feelings of pure commiseration grief for the individual and the overthrow of her soul's beauty farther i was then but seldom led or wished to go in truth the sorrow of the passion stopped me there but let me now less moved in order take our argument enough is said to show how casual incidents of real life observed where pastime only had been sought outweighed or put to flight the set events and measured passions of the stage albeit by siddons trod in the fulness of her power yet was the theatre my dear delight the very gilding lamps and painted scrolls and all the mean upholstery of the place wanted not animation when the tide of pleasure ebbed but to return as fast with the ever-shifting figures of the scene solemn or gay whether some beauteous dame advanced in radiance through a deep recess of thick entangled forest like the moon opening the clouds or sovereign king announced with flourishing trumpet came in full-blown state of the world's greatness winding round with train of courtiers banners and a length of guards or captive led in abject weeds and jingling his slender manacles or romping girl bounced leapt and poured the air or mumbling sire a scarecrow pattern of old age dressed up in all the tatters of infirmity all loosely put together hobbled in stumping upon a cane with which he smites from time to time the solid boards and makes them prate somewhat loudly of the whereabout of one so overloaded with his years but what of this the laugh the grin grimace the antics striving to outstrip each other were all received the least of them not lost with an unmeasured welcome through the night between the show and many-headed mass of the spectators and each several nook filled with its fray or brawl how eagerly and with what flashes as it were the mind turned this way 
that way sportive and alert and watchful as a kitten when at play while winds are eddying round her among straws and rustling leaves enchanting age and sweet romantic almost looked at through a space how small of intervening years for then though surely no mean progress had been made in meditations holy and sublime yet something of a girlish childlike gloss of novelty survived for scenes like these enjoyment haply handed down from times when at a country playhouse some rude barn tricked out for that proud use if i perchance caught on a summer evening through a chink in the old wall an unexpected glimpse of daylight the bare thought of where i was gladdened me more than if i had been led into a dazzling cavern of romance crowded with genii busy among works not to be looked at by the common sun the matter that detains us now may seem to many neither dignified enough nor arduous yet will not be scorned by them who looking inward have observed the ties that bind the perishable hours of life each to the other and the curious props by which the world of memory and thought exists and is sustained more lofty themes such as at least do wear a prouder face solicit our regard but when i think of these i feel the imaginative power languish within me even then it slept when pressed by tragic sufferings the heart was more than full amid my sobs and tears it slept even in the pregnant season of youth for though i was most passionately moved and yielded to all changes of the scene with an obsequious promptness yet the storm passed not beyond the suburbs of the mind save when realities of act and mean the incarnation of the spirits that move in harmony amid the poet's world rose to ideal grandeur or called forth by power of contrast made me recognise as at a glance the things which i had shaped and yet not shaped had seen and scarcely seen when having closed the mighty shakespeare's page i mused and thought and felt in solitude pass we from entertainments that are such professedly to others titled higher yet in the estimate of youth at least more near akin to those than names imply i mean the brawls of lawyers in their courts before the ermined judge or that great stage where senators tongue-favoured men perform admired and envied oh the beating heart when one among the prime of these rose up one of whose name from childhood we had heard familiarly a household term like those the bedfords gloucesters salisburys of old whom the fifth harry talks of silence hush this is no trifler no short-flighted wit no stammerer of a minute painfully delivered no the orator hath yoked the hours like young aurora to his car thrice welcome presence how can patience e'er grow weary of attending on a track that kindles with such glory all are charmed astonished like a hero in romance he winds away his never-ending horn words follow words sense seems to follow sense what memory and what logic till the strain transcendent superhuman as it seemed grows tedious even in a young man's ear genius of burke forgive the pen seduced by specious wonders 
and too slow to tell of what the ingenuous what bewildered men beginning to mistrust their boastful guides and wise men willing to grow wiser caught rapt auditors from thy most eloquent tongue now mute forever mute in the cold grave i see him old but vigorous in age stand like an oak whose staghorn branches start out of its leafy brow the more to awe the younger brethren of the grove but some while he forewarns denounces launches forth against all systems built on abstract rights keen ridicule the majesty proclaims of institutes and laws hallowed by time declares the vital power of social ties endeared by custom and with high disdain exploding upstart theory insists upon the allegiance to which men are born some say at once a froward multitude murmur for truth is hated where not loved as the winds fret within the aeolian cave galled by their monarch's chain the times were big with ominous change which night by night provoked keen struggles and black clouds of passion raised but memorable moments intervened when wisdom like the goddess from jove's brain broke forth in armour of resplendent words startling the synod could a youth and one in ancient story first whose breast had heaved under the weight of classic eloquence sit see and hear unthankful uninspired nor did the pulpit's oratory fail to achieve its higher triumph not unfelt were its admonishments nor lightly heard the awful truths delivered thence by tongues endowed with various power to search the soul yet ostentation domineering oft poured forth harangues how sadly out of place there have i seen a comely bachelor fresh from a toilette of two hours ascend his rostrum with seraphic glance look up and in a tone elaborately low beginning lead his voice through many a maze a minuet course and winding up his mouth from time to time into an orifice most delicate a lurking eyelet small and only not invisible again open it out diffusing thence a smile of rapt irradiation exquisite meanwhile the evangelists isaiah job moses and he who penned the other day the death of abel shakespeare and the bard whose genius spangled o'er a gloomy theme with fancies thick as his inspiring stars and ossian doubt not tis the naked truth summoned from streamy morven each and all would in their turns lend ornaments and flowers to entwine the crook of eloquence that helped this pretty shepherd pride of all the plains to rule and guide his captivated flock i glance but at a few conspicuous marks leaving a thousand others that in hall court theatre conventicle or shop in public room or private park or street each fondly reared on his own pedestal looked out for admiration folly vice extravagance in gesture mien and dress and all the strife of singularity lies to the ear and lies to every sense of these and of the living shapes they wear there is no end 
such candidates for regard although well pleased to be where they were found i did not hunt after nor greatly prize nor made unto myself a secret boast of reading them with quick and curious eye but as a common produce things that are to-day to-morrow will be took of them such willing note as on some errand bound that asks not speed a traveller might bestow on sea-shells that bestrew the sandy beach or daisies swarming through the fields of june but foolishness and madness in parade though most at home in this their dear domain are scattered everywhere no rarities even to the rudest novice of the schools me rather it employed to note and keep in memory those individual sights of courage or integrity or truth or tenderness which there set off by foil appeared more touching one will i select a father for he bore that sacred name him saw i sitting in an open square upon a corner-stone of that low wall wherein were fixed the iron pales that fenced a spacious grass-plot there in silence sate this one man with a sickly babe outstretched upon his knee whom he had thither brought for sunshine and to breathe the fresher air of those who passed and me who looked at him he took no heed but in his brawny arms the artificer was to the elbow bare and from his work this moment had been stolen he held the child and bending over it as if he were afraid both of the sun and of the air which he had come to seek eyed the poor babe with love unutterable as the black storm upon the mountain-top sets off the sunbeam in the valley so that huge fermenting mass of humankind serves as a solemn background or relief to single forms and objects whence they draw for feeling and contemplative regard more than inherent liveliness and power how oft amid those overflowing streets have i gone forward with the crowd and said unto myself the face of every one that passes by me is a mystery thus have i looked nor ceased to look oppressed by thoughts of what and whither when and how until the shapes before my eyes became a second-sight procession such as glides over still mountains or appears in dreams and once far travelled in such mood beyond the reach of common indication lost amid the moving pageant i was smitten abruptly with the view a sight not rare of a blind beggar who with upright face stood propped against a wall upon his chest wearing a written paper to explain his story whence he came and who he was caught by the spectacle my mind turned round as with the might of waters an apt type this label seemed of the utmost we can know both of ourselves and of the universe and on the shape of that unmoving man his steadfast face and sightless eyes i gazed as if admonished from another world though reared upon the base of outward things structures like these the excited spirit mainly builds for herself scenes different there are full formed that take with small internal help possession of the faculties the peace that comes with night the deep solemnity of nature's intermediate hours of rest when the great tide of human life stands still the business of the day to come unborn of that gone by locked up as in the grave 
the blended calmness of the heavens and earth moonlight and stars and empty streets and sounds unfrequent as in deserts at late hours of winter evenings when unwholesome rains are falling hard with people yet astir the feeble salutation from the voice of some unhappy woman now and then heard as we pass when no one looks about nothing is listened to but these i fear are falsely catalogued things that are are not as the mind answers to them or the heart is prompt or slow to feel what say you then to times when half the city shall break out full of one passion vengeance rage or fear to executions to a street on fire mobs riots or rejoicings from these sights take one that ancient festival the fair holden where martyrs suffered in past time and named of saint bartholomew there see a work completed to our hands that lays if any spectacle on earth can do the whole creative powers of man asleep for once the muse's help will we implore and she shall lodge us wafted on her wings above the press and danger of the crowd upon some showman's platform what a shock for eyes and ears what anarchy and din barbarian and infernal a phantasma monstrous in colour motion shape sight sound below the open space through every nook of the wide area twinkles is alive with heads the midway region and above is thronged with staring pictures and huge scrolls dumb proclamations of the prodigies with chattering monkeys dangling from their poles and children whirling in their roundabouts with those that stretch the neck and strain the eyes and crack the voice in rivalship the crowd inviting with buffoons against buffoons grimacing writhing screaming him who grinds the hurdy-gurdy at the fiddle weaves rattles the salt-box thumps the kettle-drum and him who at the trumpet puffs his cheeks silver-collared negro with his timbrel equestrians tumblers women girls and boys blue-breeched pink-vested with high towering plumes all movables of wonder from all parts are here albinos painted indians dwarfs the horse of knowledge and the learned pig the stone-eater the man that swallows fire giants ventriloquists the invisible girl the bust that speaks and moves its goggling eyes the waxwork clockwork all the marvellous craft of modern merlins wild beasts puppet shows all out of the way far-fetched perverted things all freaks of nature all promethean thoughts of man his dullness madness and their feats all jumbled up together to compose a parliament of monsters tents and booths meanwhile as if the whole were one vast mill are vomiting receiving on all sides men women three years children babes in arms oh blank confusion true epitome of what the mighty city is herself to thousands upon thousands of her sons living amid the same perpetual whirl of trivial objects melted and reduced to one identity by differences that have no law no meaning and no end oppression under which even highest minds must labour whence the strongest are not free 
but though the picture weary out the eye by nature an unmanageable sight it is not wholly so to him who looks in steadiness who hath among least things an under-sense of greatest sees the parts as parts but with a feeling of the whole this of all acquisitions first awaits on sundry and most widely different modes of education nor with least delight on that through which i passed attention springs and comprehensiveness and memory flow from early converse with the works of god among all regions chiefly where appear most obviously simplicity and power think how the everlasting streams and woods stretched and still stretching far and wide exalt the roving indian on his desert sands what grandeur not unfelt what pregnant show of beauty meets the sunburnt arab's eye and as the sea propels from zone to zone its currents magnifies its shoals of life beyond all compass spreads and sends aloft armies of clouds even so its powers and aspects shape for mankind by principles as fixed the views and aspirations of the soul to majesty like virtue have the forms perennial of the ancient hills nor less the changeful language of their countenances quickens the slumbering mind and aids the thoughts however multitudinous to move with order and relation this if still as hitherto in freedom i may speak not violating any just restraint as may be hoped of real modesty this did i feel in london's vast domain the spirit of nature was upon me there the soul of beauty and enduring life vouchsafed her inspiration and diffused through meagre lines and colours and the press of self-destroying transitory things composure and ennobling harmony End of Book Seventh